what's up everyone welcome to another episode of shut up keep going i'm sydney goodman i'm kate franklin and i really like the variations in the keep going (laughs) i don't know i keep keep singing it it. i like it (laughs) um today's episode is presented by just kidding wouldn't it be so cool if we had a sponsor? i can't wait someday you guys want us to have sponsors say yes please please say yes okay so anyways let's just shall we let's just dive in dive in let's do it my topic <laughs> okay is about government cheese oh okay um, what <laughs> yeah so there's this thing called government cheese and it was cheese distributed by a federal program during quote a time of volatile milk production in the 1980s recession okay and what it is is it's basically these like five pound blocks of pale orange cheese and the taste is described as somewhere between Velveeta and American cheese. <laughs> so so it's like government rations of cheese. Yes. But it like the pictures are so wild. You should follow us on Shut Up Keep Going over on Instagram to check out our image guide and hey. see the pictures. Um the pictures are wild though because it literally looks like if you think of you know when you put butter on a dish Mm-hmm. It looks like that if you like just like put like a machine on it that made it like up in size. Yeah. Except it's orange. I always get freaked out at those like the hams at the market that are like cubes of ham. Cube? You know those big ones? Yeah. It's on a natural form. No, totally. I'm the same way with car- with mini carrots. I'll eat them, but they make me really uneasy. Aren't they just cut down big carrots? Well, I think they're like my mashed up and then well, formed. No, i don't think they're mashed up and formed but i think they're stamped out of big carrots oh let big carrots live yeah i actually a girl that we were really good friends with in high school ally she was the first person that i ever saw eat a full like adult carrot and after that i was like oh that like looks much better to me and makes more sense in my brain so now i eat carrots like that i just like peel off the front the first layer and just eat it like that Oh, I feel like I have a memory of her doing that. That's funny. That I feel like she went through a period where she just like ate a lot of carrots like that. As like a move. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. But so government cheese, man. So it did make me think of craft singles, which was how I kind of fell down this hole. But it, they're they're not the same thing as craft singles. I thought craft singles were just like single slices of this cheese. No. no they're different. But okay. in case you were wondering... Craft singles are made of a mixture of Colby and cheddar cheese with curds and emulsifiers, and it's craft companies almost cheese. It's not technically, it can't be marketed as a cheese, which is why they're called craft singles, because it's not technically cheese. Yeah. Anyways, so this whole thing starts back in 1949 when the Agricultural Act of 1949, aptly named. I think it'd be really fun if I got to name one of those acts and I like put the wrong year. Like if it was like the Agricultural Act of 1951, but it like is enacted in 1949. I think that'd be funny. (laughs) Just to kind of. Well, I specifically, it makes me think of all these kids like studying for like a history exam. And they're like, God damn it. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, like this makes no sense. And then I just like did it to like. "Eh." (laughs) It's like, actually, I was fucking with you. So, um, the Agricultural Act of 1949 gave the Commodity Credit Corporation, a government-owned core. Corpse. Core. Is it corpse? 
That's Cor- how it's spelled. Yeah, but I looked it up today, and when no, it's just isn't it funny? It Cor- well, it was really confusing. I get really self conscious about saying the wrong thing. I don't care when it's like our stuff, but when I do it for work and there's like hostile commenters you're like i'm sorry yeah i like get really stressed i had to say ninja core today oh Um, but so commodity credit corporation a government-owned core (laughs) dedicated why is the p there then i think it's french french they don't pronounce the last word or (laughs) the last syllable of their of any word they're the last yeah of any words yeah like every word in French. Yeah. There's no word in French. Unless it's a unless it's a vowel. Like think about bonjour. Bonjour. You don't say bonjour. You say bonjour. I say bonjour. <laughs> bonjour no. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie. Killing Nazis. Is it what does it say about me that watching Glorious Bastards is a comfort movie for me? <laughs> anything with brad pitt is a comfort movie god we're getting back on this freaking topic brad he produced minari i know isn't that so inspiring he produced a different movie that i watched as well that i was like brad i love the man come on the podcast (laughs) come on brad come be a guest what if we just got him space for you we always have space for you on shut up keep going If you have any sort of connection to Brad Pitt, please send him this. <laughs> but send him like a good episode. Yeah. Like, so he's like, oh, wow, these girls, like I should be, I, I'm inspired. I want to be part I'd of love this. to share something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he dates the child. Is he currently? Didn't we, we looked this up a couple No, that was ago. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, that was Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I think he is though. He, it, it's the Brad. one that's in like a, like monogamy or Paul, polyg polyamory polyamory i mean i'm he's got to be a certified freak in some way oh yeah but i heard he just like smokes a ton of weed good for him is that what keeps him young do you know what we i think we could have a brad pitt sighting i don't know if i should say it publicly whatever i don't know if it's gonna be open anymore but um but his house he lives zebulon it's in Atwater Village. Mm-hmm. There's a restaurant, Mexican restaurant next to it that I cannot remember the name, but apparently his art studio is next to it and he goes to the restaurant a lot. He has an art studio? Yeah, he's a sculptor for like fun. My mouth is agape. Do you think if we bought one of his sculptures, then he we would be like his patrons and then he would have to come on this podcast? Yes. Should we do a fundraiser for that? A GoFundMe for <laughs> us to go buy a sculpture from Brad Pitt so that we can... You've met him before, though. Yeah, I have. Maybe he'll remember me. <laughs> You're like, no. No, I think he will. Um. Anyways, so uh we're we're in 1949 uh the ccc the government-owned core dedicated to stabilizing farm incomes has the authority to purchase dairy products like cheese from farmers the ccc was created as part of the new deal prior to this in an attempt to stabilize prices and again help farmers so during the 1970s the economy tanked and there was an unprecedented shortage of dairy products then 1973 dairy prices went up 30 percent as the price of other foods inflated. Whoa. We just didn't have a lot of cows? I don't know what part of the dairy process was like kind of... Interesting. 
the issue, but there was a shortage for sure. So then fast forward to 1977 and the government set new subsidy policy that put $2 billion into the dairy industry in four years. And that's $2 billion in 77. Like, damn, it's a ton of money. They're like, we got to get this going. We got to get this going. We got to get that milk flowing. Um, So I will say that as I read this, I was getting really stressed for the cows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I digress. Uh, So now dairy farmers who had been hurting had all this money and were producing as much milk as they could to take advantage of government support. So that specific fact is what I was like, I'm stressed for the cows. Yeah. Um, But government, the government, hey, followed through, purchased the milk. Dairy farmers couldn't sell and started to process it into cheese, butter, and dehydrated milk powder. Have you ever bought milk powder? No. So I bought milk powder for when I make ice cream. And I'm getting chills thinking about it. I hate it. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. But like the feeling of the milk powder, like interacting with itself it really made it's not just like a powder no it has like a grit to it like how do they make milk powder dehydrate milk so you just leave it out i think they dehydrate i'd imagine you dehydrate and dehydrator and then you like grind down it'll be like a solid and you grind that down wow that would be my guess um so as this continued there were all of these milk stockpiles and anthropologist bradley n jones notes that the stockpile hit over wait guess how many pounds of milk they had stockpiled two billion you do this every time just get just under guess it just like think of the biggest number that you would say and then like turn it down by like a fourth i will the thing is sydney i was literally gonna say like a trillion (laughs) you had already done that a million no 500 million (laughs) multiply that by 500 okay and um wait so i was okay you were way over two million <laughs> no um 500 million pounds stored in hundreds of warehouses in 35 states whoa so the question that was on everyone's mind mm-hmm. was what is the government going to do with <laughs> all this cheese <laughs> um also wait i want to pause real fast and say that <laughs> forgot okay <laughs> because we don't need to pause it had something to do with you guessing the number. Oh, the a thousand million. Oh is- no, the the UK billion and the US. I'm billion. Still very upset about that. <laughs> no, okay. So after you left, um, we talked. To, I talked to Alex, and then I talked to our friend Kyle, who Kyle works in finance, so he's like a big numbers guy, right? <laughs> And I was like, UK billion, US billion, like the American billion, like they're different, man. (laughs) And so they are different. But a billion being a thousand millions made sense to me. That's like how it should be. Yeah. So does a million... Okay, so you're on board. And I'm then, on board. Okay. So I don't know. I guess there's no revolution for you, but for me, No, no, I actually, once I said it out loud, I was on board. Well, because it's like, okay, so like 999,999,999, right? And so if you just isolate the like oldest numbers, I guess, that like account for the millions places. And then like if you turn it to a thousand, then it would become a billion. 
Yeah. It's a thousand millions. So that I didn't follow sense. that, but no, I get it, it worked in my head in some other way. Yeah. Oh, I think it was because I don't remember. I It worked in my. But then we follow the like globally. It sounds like the American billion is what is like the standard. And the British are just like, no. Nah. Well, even like over there, they do the. So that's a that's a lie. like it's like antiquated at this point. Oh, is like the understanding we came to. Can I just say, if you ever made a sketch comedy show, you should have a conspiracy theorist that just says, <laughs> "Wait, what did you say in that voice? What did you say?" You, you know, I forgot. You're just like, "What's the British man?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like just now. Yeah, and oh, I imagine I, you in those like tiny John Lennon glasses <laughs> and like a like a military jacket just being like. <laughs> Do you remember when Coldplay wore all those military jackets with like neon paint on them? Or no, I'm separ- I'm putting two eras together. The, the Viva La Vida vibe? The Viva La Vida vibe. I was obsessed with that aesthetic. I had my mom buy me like these like tailored blazers. That oh, I loved like that. Military jacket. That was, I'm like excited about their, that aesthetic. Yeah. It was so good. I saw something on TikTok that you're going to be upset about. Oh no. And somebody said, imagine dragons walked so Coldplay could run. And it was like, because there's, people now who don't see Coldplay as being this like big iconic thing since they've kind of like simmered down at this point but they still make music oh wait oh so they're basically saying that Imagine Dragons like came before Coldplay and like set the standard so that Coldplay could be successful oh because they don't they don't realize that Coldplay's been around for like literally ever yeah and they like and they miss like the good era yeah they were so good so I mean I've said this before I do I did enjoy their last album. Mm-hmm. I haven't revisited it since I listened to it because I just, I feel bad. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm like, they're probably lame. Like, I don't want to like, yeah. I don't want my Spotify friends to see them listen Are to Are they Coldplay. the new Nickelback? No. Nickelback, Nickelback wasn't that bad. I do think they Coldplay is still, didn't they have a song with like a hip? They did something with the Chainsmokers I think that's, not too long ago. Okay wasn't recent, but not too long ago. This is going to make me sound so bougie. Say it. But it's, I'm not bougie. So I was in the Hamptons this summer. Oh my gosh, you were. It, I don't, it's not like that. But I was there and there was this whole controversy when I was there that the chain smokers had a COVID oh, yeah. concert and everyone got out and it was like a big controversy because it cost like a thousand dollars a car to go to this chain smokers concert and then it's everyone got COVID. Thing. Yeah, it just made me laugh because I'm like, why would you sit in a car and listen to the chain smokers? Well, they That's got so out of their lame. cars. I know. But there was an influencer that I followed that went oh, and she got COVID. No. Yeah. Confusing um, times. Yeah. Okay, so back to the government cheese. <laughs> okay. A USDA official told the Washington Post in 1981, uh, quote, probably the cheapest and most practical thing to do would be dump it into the ocean regarding the cheese. Because they just had all of this cheese and they were storing it. And, you know, that costs money. So, yeah. like, what are they going to do with this cheese? So, there was confusion on how long the processed American cheese really lasted although it was designed to be stored for long periods of time um but so the public was generally like unaware of the fact that this was happening until agriculture 
Agriculture Secretary John R. Block showed up at a White House event with a five-pound block of greening moldy cheese and showed it to the press and said, quote, we've got 60 million of these that the government owns. It's moldy. It's deteriorating. We can't find a market for it. We can't sell it. And we're looking to try and give some of it away. Okay. So... Then the public began to criticize President Reagan because earlier in 1981, he had pledged to reduce the federal food stamp program. So, like, why not give them the cheese? Yeah. Like, if you have all this cheese and you're literally planning, like, people are telling you just to dump it in the ocean because it's more economical. Why not give it to people who, like, I don't know, need food? So um, in December 1981, Reagan said he'd free 30 million pounds of cheese from the country's stockpile. Free the cheese. (laughs) Free the cheese and created the Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program, which started handing out the blocks of processed cheese to the elderly, low-income people, and organizations that served them. Uh, A la government cheese. So ultimately, around 300 million pounds of it was distributed and the cheese became associated with hard times. And the government got out of the cheese business in the 90s when dairy prices calmed down. Can you recap so quickly why this cheese was created? This cheese was created because... Basically, there was a shortage. So this is the TLDR, if you will. There was a shortage of dairy products that drove up the prices. And so then the government put $2 billion into the dairy industry to like try and level that out. But when they did that, then farmers were like, oh, we can make so much money. Let's just like pump it out. Let's pump out as much milk and dairy products as we can. And then the government had to buy it. And then the government was like, we have all of this. What are we going to do? So then they made cheese to kind of like help try and preserve it. I feel like I shouldn't study economics in my leisure time. (laughs) That sounds so annoying. But I just find it so funny. Like, do you remember the toilet paper drama at the beginning of COVID? That was honestly so stressful. It was very stressful. But also I was like, okay, like, let's like reason with me. Worst case scenario. There's plenty of things you can wipe with. No, true. I don't want to, but like, we can figure it out. Yeah. But what was funny about that, I remember, was then the like factories were just like turning it out. And then everyone's like, stop making so much toilet paper. There's going to be a huge surplus and we're not going to know what to do. And it was just like this huge drama. And I'm like, why can't, why is this so finicky? You know what I mean? It's so interesting how. It is really interesting. And like, obviously I don't have the answers either, but I, I, and it's interesting to me that that's like what you got out of this because what I got out of it is I'm like, well, I guess it's similar, but just like, okay. So you're telling me that the government like spent all this money, $2 billion to be exact to buy all this cheese and didn't have a plan with what they were going to do with the cheese. So they bought it. So then the farmers didn't go bankrupt again they were basically injecting the dairy industry with like steroids because they needed like there was such a low supply and they just made too much and then they made too much and like there was no that's a clusterfuck (laughs) there was no plan how like that's what i mean like the toilet paper thing i mean that's a less extreme example the toilet paper thing but it's just like how come on guys but i think that's another example of how no one really knows what they're doing no one really truly oh. though like i wonder you know how they say that like the feeling of being an adult where you're just like 
I, I'm just doing the thing. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing, though. Like, every adult feels that way. Like, does the president feel that way? Like, do you think the president is, like, Joe Biden is at his ripe age is like, I'm just faking it till I make it. Like, I don't know what's happening. I think that's a human condition to a certain point, right? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I hope. I, I feel like in some circumstances, like, I wish that person's like, yes, I know what I'm doing. But I have yet to meet someone, even a very confident person, that's like, I am completely in control of myself and I understand everything. Yeah, I feel like the confident people that I meet are usually more like, they just accept that that's the feeling and yeah. they like confidently go with their gut versus being like, oh, I'm confident because I have all the answers. It's just like, I'm confident because I accept that this is how everybody feels and that doesn't bode on like my abilities. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you are, you don't realize that you have weaknesses or like have a limit, then it gets bad for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like not sustainable. And like the people around you. Yeah. Um, God, that's a weird sound. So government cheese. Government cheese. You might call it a cheesy conundrum. That's a pretty cheesy conundrum. That's really funny. Yeah. I love things like that, but it's just like, what? Like, what is going on, guys? But it's like not important enough. I mean, maybe we did learn it in school, but I feel like it's like not important enough to like be in a school lesson, but it's like... Well, that's the thing about... I don't understand. We just like stopped learning history after like World War Two. <laughs> And I'm just like, a lot happened. <laughs> there were things after that. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into- I mean, I do think like maybe it was a little like, why don't they teach the Gulf War? <laughs> were you going to say it was a little intentional? I feel like it was a little intentional. Because <laughs> I think it's like so, I don't know, whatever. I just find that interesting. It's like, why don't you like teach us like what, like how we can understand what's going on right now? Yeah, no, that I mean, that's a good point. And I think the other thing is the idea that like our history books are so skewed. Yeah. Like it's like kind of is like a weapon of propaganda. Big time. So I don't know. Government cheese. The Government big cheese. cheese. The big cheese. You know, in Toontown, they, uh, there's a bad, uh, co- an evil cog. And the cog type is a, the big cheese. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Little cheese head. Where did that come from? I think it's like a euphemism for like the big boss man. Oh, duh. <laughs> Do you like American cheese? No. Oh. I Well, uh, that's not true. I Like if I when I ate cheeseburgers regularly, I guess, and if there was like American cheese on it, I wouldn't be like send this back, but I prefer other cheese. No, 100%. I don't hate like Sometimes I want it as like a a specific choice. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like in what context? Like if I want just like kind of a shitty diner grilled cheese, I would love American cheese left on there. Oh, interesting. Like a thin, you know, those like thin diner grilled cheeses. Yeah, yeah. Do you think diners are going to survive this? I don't, I mean, I hope so. Do you know I remember one time, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. One time, it was like when I was in college and I was trying to be like Americana or whatever. Yeah. I like, do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like 
I'm going like, to be terribly disappointed if this isn't the story that I thought it was. I was like, oh, like, let's, like, meet for lunch. And I picked this diner that was, like, literally <laughs> in the middle of industrial L.A. And it was so confusing. I don't... Where did you find that? This is exactly what I thought. You really? Were where did you... I was just thinking of this, too, because I was driving to Orange County and I had to take a detour and I went through, like, super industrial L.A., where did you find that? I place? think I just yelped it. Okay, so like to like paint this picture for you guys, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with dining at this place, but like Kate and I had two very different ideas of what this like lunch was. And it was like a big lunch because we, when we were in college, we really only saw and talked to each other every like six-ish months. Crazy. Which, yeah, crazy. We were talking about that before we started recording. Yeah, no. but, like, I can't imagine my life not seeing you, like, on a weekly basis. I know. <laughs> um, but so we, like, she get, she's like, oh, we're going to eat at this place. And, you know, there is, like, if you haven't been to, the, to L.A., down t- there's downtown, which, like, is industrial. There's, like, businessy downtown. And then there's, like, industrialized downtown. And then there's the arts district, which is kind of in that, like, industrialized L.A., part of things and so there's there are some like cool like actual restaurants in that area and so when she gave me the address i just assumed it was one of those i, I think that's what i was going for those too. restaurants and but instead it's like deep in like where people drive their big trucks to go get like shipments and stuff like it's to in, like, like grab lunch yeah. yeah it's like to grab lunch i'm so <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> why it was so funny and it was just i don't know how else to describe it like i wouldn't even say it reminds me of like a diner when you think of like pulp fiction and they're at like no i think it's that's like- the vibe i was trying to get but this was like like the diner at like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like a... It was like one step. It was like the cousin to like showing up to like a high school's cafeteria. Yeah, it was very similar. It was like, yeah, yeah. Like it was essentially that, but open to the public. But that's what's so funny about being young and like not just being like... Like I never wanted to say anything. Like I feel like I should have just been like, this is not what I thought it was. Like let's find someplace else. But we just like both committed. We were like, yeah, cool. And we just <laughs> ate there. I remember what I was wearing too for some reason. Me too. I was wearing a red romper with these big sleeves. And oh I remember my, my like butt cheeks kind of hang out of it, to be honest with you. And I remember being really uncomfortable because there were just all these men that were like eating their lunch oh in my the middle God. of the work Can day. Because we- it was when we were in college. So it's like, you know, when you're in college, you're not following like the traditional workday hours. Like we just like went to lunch in the middle of the week. Like we must have been on spring break or something. <laughs> i'm so sorry can we make a pact now that if like i like pick some if either of us either of us pick someplace whack we're like listen let's go somewhere else let's go somewhere else i so feel like we have the confidence to say that I, now i think we do have the confidence okay, to say that i believe now. in us um but that does bring up two things for me one is alex and i actually have sat down at a place and both looked at the menu and been like Oh, I've done that. Doesn't look like any food that I want to eat. And so we'll just like get up and leave, which I feel like, I don't know, is that an asshole thing to do? Or is that like, I just think it's awkward, but also like, who cares? Just like, like we leave. didn't order anything. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're like ditching the bill, but we just like knew we didn't, there's nothing on the menu that looked good. And then the second thing is that we were speaking of somewhere of a place that wasn't our best dining experience, but somewhere that 
we love is milk and honey in costa mesa love. that place is like started to pop off every time in orange county i try to swing by there on my way back up to la and um there's always a line out the door what the heck and they're so slow they always only have like one person making things and i'm like <laughs> it's like hire more people yeah it's very frustrating oh so all i want is a lavender latte I have to say that area still slaps. Oh, yeah. in my opinion, still we went slaps. there for my birthday. We went to Havana. Dude, this is so weird. I these are things. Okay, both that weird cafeteria lunch and your birthday at Havana were both things I thought about in the last like forty eight hours. Do you want to freak out right now? Okay, that was ten years ago. <gasps> no, sorry, I'm peeking, but no, yeah, no, because, it was not ten years ago. Yes, it was. <gasps> Okay, no. I know. Oh my I gosh. know. I I so I was gonna meet my family for dinner and I was like, oh my god, Habana, like I like wanna go there. Like I love that place. And I had oh been past gosh. it and it still looked yeah. hopping. And so we went there, like we were driving down there and I was like, oh my god, I ate here for my birthday in high school. I know it wasn't my senior year and I know it wasn't my 16th birthday. So it must have been my 17th birthday. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm turning 27. That was 10 years ago, what? which like seems like, wow, I know that's so weird. See, time is not real. I know. And the quality of food is still, mwah, it's so good. You know, the only time that I ate there was on your birthday and I don't even remember the food because I was so nervous because I remember that was like one of our first like it was Cute. like i was surprised that you invited me oh, you know what i mean yeah Where you're just like it's like oh this is a new friendship like they do like me as much as i like oh, them and so i remember being like kind of nervous because i like didn't really we i think we've established this on the podcast before we weren't really part of the same like friend group aside yeah. from like our friendship and so yeah. i like didn't really know the other people that were going or this was the start of me like getting to know them and so i was like so nervous that's so cute i thought you were so cool wait that's so funny because i was like i'm such a loser because <laughs> i remember well because we bonded in chemistry class yeah yeah and then i remember that year my sophomore year is when i had a style revolution mm -hmm. i started wearing pea coats and dresses yes. and like had cool headbands and i had this one really cool headband i hope my mom still has it it was a giant bow uh -huh. and you one time were like that you were in the hallway and you were like that's a really cool headband and i was like oh my god she's really cool and has good style like <gasps> oh my gosh it's thanks. happening and then we became friends and, and and honestly it unlocked i was like oh like everyone's just like a person <laughs> yeah yeah like everyone's perception i feel like high school taught me that a lot though mm -hmm. because i think being more free about what you liked in high school kind of unlocked that for me where like i would just do that and then people you wouldn't expect were like i also like that and i'm like yeah i would not expect you to be engaging with me right now i find myself still every once in a while like sinking back into that mindset even as an adult when I it's know. like people i know i'm like whoa i didn't think that they would like this thing and then i'm like wait everyone's just like a person they can like whatever they want i know but no no, no. okay so i do remember our first friend date do you know do you remember it was traumatic <laughs> for me <laughs> so <laughs> okay so our high school was really close to <laughs> our high school was really close to like the only traffic circle in like Pretty much all of Orange <laughs> County. I don't know that I've ever encountered another traffic circle in Orange County <laughs> no. other than this one. And we went to a restaurant there called Rudabagors, which amazing. So good. So good. 
high quality food wonderful so we went there and i remember being really nervous because i had just gotten my license and i'm i wasn't like a good driver (laughs) um and being really nervous because i didn't really understand traffic circles because like (laughs) i hadn't really practiced it like i didn't know what the situation was and so i remember i was following kate because she was like okay we're going to rutabagores and i was like cool I was following her and so she like gets to the traffic circle and I like just like straight up cut this guy off like (laughs) not it's like not left up to interpretation like it's like a super close call like he basically hit my car like it's just like it's a it's an issue and so like you know the feeling when you pull up to a traffic light and like you just kind of did something that was like kind of naughty on the road and like you just don't want to make eye contact you like you're like damn they're like right next to me so I had something worse than that happen, <laughs> which is that we pull up to the parking lot of Rudabagors and this man who I cut off, like, is also going there and parks literally in the spot next to me and, like, scolds me for it. Oh, I why do I have the memory of that? He was like, hey, like... What he was kind of nice about it. He was, Well, okay, so he was kind of nice about it, but the fact that he said anything to me was like not my favorite thing oh i know i mean but, you're just embarrassed about anything but i get I it i feel like i don't know what the alternate like he ignores me like anything would have just made me like feel stupid <laughs> I, it was like our first time hanging out and i was like i really hope she didn't see that but then it's like to double down on it this guy's like hey you cut me off and i'm like oh my gosh now she knows no i feel like that was i feel like we just both just were constantly face palming and that's like what we're like okay we're best friends because like because also our first year in college like i never had any money and we went to root of mm-hmm. and like you only brought cash and my debit card got denied and we didn't have enough money for the bill. I don't remember this. And we were like, oh, no. Like, it was so... Because you lived, like, really close to it. Oh, that's right. And, like, my card got denied. And I was like, oh, no. And we I, we didn't know what to do. And so we told them when we're like, I promise we will come back and pay it. And then you went into your dorm and got money. And then I think I paid you back. I don't remember that at all. I bl- it was too stressful. I blocked it out. Okay. <laughs> it was very stressful. It was so embarrassing. It's so funny to think of things that like, like I know it's like a whole meme. I feel like now where it's like, oh, like remembering something embarrassing you did like 10 years ago, but like for real though. I know. I remember. So I was driving around that area too with my aunt and she had come and picked me up. <laughs> and I knew there was this like, stop sign intersection situation where you had a stop sign and you thought the other people had it too but like yield? you didn't well no it wasn't even yield they were just going and oh. you thought but it, like the way that it was set up it looked like everyone it was a four-way stop and i remember she was driving and i remember having the thought <laughs> this happened twice with her i remember having the thought like oh i should say something that like you know they don't have a stop sign yeah. so like she should like i should say something but then i like got embarrassed and for some reason didn't say anything and then she like almost got hit <laughs> and then when she was like oh my gosh wow that's crazy that it doesn't have a stop sign i was like yeah like you know it's really crazy that it doesn't ha- i basically like said something that alluded to the fact that it's like yeah obviously like i definitely know that it doesn't have a stop sign and like it's very dangerous but i just chose not to say anything and she like okay 
yeah and that happened another time where we were like had to take a freeway exit or whatever and i like knew the area really well and for some reason didn't tell her that this is the wrong exit i just like let her take it for some reason i don't know i have that really bad because i honestly have a really good sense of direction really yeah good for you and i caleb has a hor like he's also a horrible driver which like <laughs> it's fine like he i mean he grew up in new york and he's oh. like a very he just is a horrible he's like really bad driver i have to drive everywhere because i don't like driving with him mm-hmm. and i get self-conscious because i am a i'm a good driver and i also am really good at direction so like sometimes i'm like i know you have to get over like i know <laughs> but i don't know if i should say anything uh-huh. and so the whole car ride i'm just like in a social like anxiety <laughs> ball because i'm like should i tell him um do you tell him how what's the proportion of when you tell him to when you don't uh it depends on like what we're doing Mm. if it's like we're just chilling out like and he can miss the exit i'm like okay i'm trying to normalize like missing the exit because i feel like (laughs) normalize missing the exit (laughs) because i feel like everyone like freaks out and they like do like irrational things on the road because they like don't want to miss the exit but it's also just like okay well like i have good news buddy like there's, there's a no. another exit <laughs> yeah and like usually if there's an exit off the freeway you can just like get back get on. back on pretty much immediately yeah i mean that's i guess a case for not being late which i'm always late i'm always later and i'm, I'm always I'm late. probably already running late so like <laughs> missing the exit isn't gonna kill me that's true literally um, anyways should i like present <laughs> <laughs> Go, go, go. What was it? Oh, government cheese. I was government like, what was it? Um, well, this one isn't too long, um, but it is. That's what he said. A little bit. Um, no, it is a little bit of a curveball. And you might know this, actually. I don't know if you know this. I had no idea and I was very confused. Wait, sorry. Can I say something real fast? Yeah. You said no idea. And for some reason, when there's words that sound like they could be other words, like no idea, I think of like Noah. No idea, Noah. No idea, Noah. Noah. Idea, no idea. Noah, idea. It's like I'll live when you're like, oh, I'll live, but then no, it's like I'll, I'll live. live. What I don't know what the word is for that. There's a name. I know someone that has a name like that. I'll come back to it. Okay, Molly Fell. But that's just a a noun. Or pro- I don't understand. <laughs> I knew a girl named Molly Fell. Molly Fell. But what is the... It's just... It's it's like a sentence. Molly fell. Oh, Molly fell. Olive. Noah. Okay. Okay. So, speaking of names, the name Mariko Aoki Phenomenon had its beginning... Do you know this? No, I'm intrigued. So, the Mariko Aoki Phenomenon had its beginnings in a real-life experience account sent in to the reader... Let me let me circle back on that. I feel like I read that weird. The name Mariko Aoki phenomenon had its beginning in a real life experience that was sent to a reader's letter column of a Japanese magazine called Book Magazine in 1985. Okay. The letter was from a woman from Tokyo who was 29 years old and stated, quote, I'm not sure why, but since about two or three years ago, whenever I go to a bookstore, I'm struck by an urge to move my bowels. <laughs> okay. This makes me think of Mean Girls and that one girl had diarrhea in Barnes & Noble. 
Oh, that might, I don't know. It might relate to this. Okay. So the the editor of this magazine included the letter because he thought it was very amusing. But then immediately following the publication, the magazine was hounded by a large number of readers troubled by the same phenomenon <gasps> sent in opinions to the editorial Stop department. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> So due to the nature of this reaction, the article became a feature and it was called The Phenomenon Currently Shaking the Bookstore Industry. And it was containing discussions on the issue from various perspectives. In such discussion, the phenomenon, which is the sudden occurrence of a defecation urge when in bookstores, (sighs) came to be named the Mariko Aoki performance after the phenomenon performance in a way. The Mariko Aoki phenomenon after the author of the original letter. So that's her name. So that's what it is. (laughs) Wow. Okay. It's this phenomenon of having to shit when you're at a bookstore. I wonder what, like, what triggers it. Well, we're going to get into it. Oh, okay, cool. So according to a very small scale study, um, the fact that with people with a book bowel tendencies has existed throughout all of Japan. So it doesn't, it's not a regional thing. And it was only in Japan though. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But it permeates throughout the country. Yeah. I think it's worldwide, Interesting. but it was a, it was a huge, if you it was a, this. It was a huge, I think it was, this is like Japanese centric because it was such a big mm-hmm. smash hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it happened all in Japan and a female bias was observed with a male to female ratio of one to four. And uh, it also has been found in the uncommon so-called, quote, sporty males. So sporty males and women okay. experience this. Interesting. Um, and did they give a definition of like a, what a sporty male is? Like an athletic <laughs> no, male? Just a sporty male, okay. which I loved. <laughs> so like okay. your version of a sporty male, they're probably shitting in bookstores. <laughs> I like love the idea of just like using that as a descriptor when you're like sporty male. characters for like a sporty male. Picture him. He's a sporty male. Um, because I feel like that actually is a huge like. There's a lot of different types of sporty males. Oh, what totally. I imagine is like a tennis player that's like lean and kind of handsome and has a sweat around his neck. I picture somebody who like, like is like really cut and like very bulky and muscular. So it's and the like opposite of that. Tops to the gym. See, I would say that as like a like a athletic. A, a f- athletic male i see how you get i see how you get there from sporty <laughs> okay. i definitely do okay i think sporty like they're driving like a little like car like a little convertible like a really tiny yeah little, like a really a little tiny, one like, honda convertible yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um so there's no specific age range but the common one is between 20 and 30 and there is some instances of children experiencing this phenomenon. Oh, wow. Wait, so if it does, it, like, the people in the study were 20 to 30, or like after you turn 30, like theoretically, you could grow out of it? I think it's just that's happened most often. Okay. The people that reported in okay. them having this urge. 
So um, Mariko Aoki's mother, however, has said that she feels there might be some kind of genetic factor involved in the phenomenon. Oh. <laughs> Given that her younger brother, i.e. Mariko Aoki's uncle, mm-hmm. experienced similar symptoms to those of Mar- the niece how often are you in bookstores that you're able to draw that correlation <laughs> like i would have just thought know. like oh i like right now is the I don't time. Know. <laughs> like i guess she's going to a lot of bookstores uh, okay so um I don't understand this at all, but it says the phenomenon is also known to show a tendency to pass on from person to person, meaning it's like a yawn, meaning it's like infectious. <laughs> I don't know. So here's the thing. Um, actually, I'll get that in a second. So in subsequent media interviews, Mariko Aoki, the face of this phenomenon has added the following details i like that she's embracing this it's she's not, like she listen embarrassed. the word needs to be out she's like this is my cause mm-hmm. when walking around in circles around the bookshelves and bookstores she will suddenly want to go to the bathroom that's quality number one okay the second one is the phenomenon occurs when she has been in the bookstore for an hour or more <laughs> okay the third one is it occurs completely irrespective of the type of books she is interested in. Okay. And it has never occurred to her in a library or a secondhand bookstore. Oh, those new book smells hit so different. So the Barnes & Noble diarrhea is like probably real. Um, But she does want to say she worked at a printer where there was many opportunities for exposure to the smell of paper and ink, but she didn't have symptoms there. I don't know. That might be important. So here's the thing. The Wikipedia page for this is in itself a work of literature. (laughs) It is so long. (laughs) Like, I saw it and I was like, I don't know how I came across it. Mm-hmm. honestly but i saw it and i was like oh this will probably be like one of those like short ones because it's like not that complicated of yeah. a topic but sydney it is literally like you know like when someone like a very famous like a president wikipedia is extremely long and it has like all the subcategories it is so long there someone has made it their mission to really dive in deep wow. and let the wikipedia readers know the exact nuances of this phenomenon wow um <laughs> so i would like to read some of the Please headlines do. of this wikipedia article because it is very intense so um one of the facts that the Wikipedia article taught me was that the phenomenon is often seen in writers or people related to the publishing industry. So it's an inside job. Um, so here's a list of some of the uh, hypotheses. Oh, I love that. That are specifically, because there's a lot. Okay. So it's <laughs> there's sections of like what type of hypotheses it is. And then there's subsections. Okay. So one of them, one of the main sections is posture and gaze related hypotheses. So let me just read you some. And then, then there's another subheading and then there's an entire section about it. Okay. And I'm not going to read you all of it. I'm just going to read you the headlines. So this is posture and gaze hypotheses. Posture when browse reading while standing. 
<laughs> Curvature of the bowel. Oppressiveness of bookshelves. Oppressive. Gaves and automatic nerves. And gazing intensive sh- search work. So someone went through <laughs> and made hypotheses about each one of these categories and why this might be an occurrence. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then there's also another whole long section, very long, so I summarized it, called The Theory Based on Denial of Happiness. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So this is from a clinical psychologist, Toshio Kasahara. And he says, quote, when we are conscious of something that will benefit us, an on an unconscious resistance to it appears in the form of a bodily symptom. Although it is generally difficult to observe this concept in a visible form, he asserts that a similar concept to this is the so-called slump seen in sports person or artists. Hmm. So like. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I was trying to follow too. I don't know that I asserts okay. that a similar concept is based on a slump seen in sports prisoner artists. Like you get, like you like the artist, like you get in your own head. Yeah. Okay. How? Do, what does that have to do with shitting? In so a then you bookstore? like you express it in like a physical way. So like when you're at a bookstore and you're like, "Wow, I'm gonna read," which is like a healthy m- topic for my mind. Your body's like, "I gotta shit." <laughs> so oh so it's like you're like gonna uh, like it's equal and opposite so it's like you're gonna attain knowledge and then you're like expelling waste yeah and actually that relates to the next theory which is a metaphysical theory from the literary figure tatsu (laughs) sukumura 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 and he examined the phenomenon in terms of shared characteristics of reading and defecation it so, sounds like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> this, there's a BuzzFeed article about this. Um, he, this is not from BuzzFeed. This is all from the Wikipedia page. I did pull some from a different, that's more like straight lace that I'll just get to at the end to like Wrapping recap. But um, this is the last Wikipedia part. The Wikipedia, it's, I swear to God, it is like so, I want to know who's behind it. Because it is like their life's work. It's like their manifesto. Like, they really care about this. It's so long. I don't understand. Anyways, okay. The last one. Metaphysical theories. So he... The characteristics between reading and defecation. So he holds that when a person reads a book, he or she is separating themselves from external stimuli and meditating through their mind to the universe of knowledge. And defecation is an existential activity through which the interior and exterior of a human are connected. So basically what he means is both activities share this characteristic of triggering an awareness of the internal self. It is sufficiently reasonable that a defecation urge might arise when in a bookstore. Because you're like oh. pulling in ex- internal knowledge and you're mm-hmm. releasing external knowledge. Yeah. How does that relate to a book though? You're learning things from reading the book? Oh, an external thing. God, that was, I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> so basically it's the like main theory. So they have like all these gorgeous like nuanced theories of why it might happen. Uh-huh. But mostly they th- like other people the contrarian like not fun people who are probably right um said the real connection is between the gut and the brain called the gut brain access 
And it's just like a psychological problem that um, what we're feeling mentally might affect our bowels. So I don't know if it's actually, they're saying it might not be an actual phenomenon. It's just like when some people go to bookstores, they might feel nervous or they might feel like relaxed. relaxed. It's just like that triggers your bodily functions. Interesting. I remember that. Do you remember Borders? Yeah. And my family like, once a week would always go to borders and we just like walk around and like i loved borders books and read parts of them i have another the one in savvy ranch yeah oh i used to go there all the time i feel like that was the only borders i remember in orange county the other one i feel like was in like irvine or like on the other side i think there's one in brea oh i never was in brea um but i went i have another embarrassing childhood story where you're like uh why did i do that I was, I got, in my childhood, I would get randomly obsessed with different animals and decide that, like, that's my thing. So, at one point, it was chihuahuas, and I was like, I <laughs> fucking love chihuahuas. They're mine. They're, like, everything to me. I don't have one, but, like. Wow, I can't see it at all. I don't know okay. why. I It was a short-lived thing. But we went to Borders, and my dad and I were walking around, and my dad is, like, the best like if he i was really invested in something he's like let's go do it he's very supportive that's awesome but we were walking around and i because i was independently obsessed with chihuahuas and it was like a me thing i was like i'm gonna buy this book on my own it was like one of those like glossy you know those like glossy animal books that has like pictures and like fun facts and I was like, I'm going to buy that. And so I had a fucking change purse and I went and bought it with change. But the line was super long. <laughs> the, long the line was always long in borders. And then, so I held up the line for like 20 minutes <laughs> paying in change. Like I'm not saying quarters. I'm saying like nickels and dimes. And it was like a $15 book. And my dad apparently went through the entire store looking for me. And then he saw this huge line snaking through borders and like walked through the whole line trying to find me and then he saw me at the front like <laughs> counting out change and he was so like oh my god and he just paid for it for me and it's like you so can literally keep for- the change all of that for but it caused chaos at borders oh man one time i oh gosh because you know nobody carries cash so i carry cash now because um we like some of the people we hang out with we do a lot of like one dollar bets yeah i don't get so now i carry dollar bills with me but aside from that like just never carry cash but there's some places in la where like you have to valet like there's really no other option yeah i feel like i always want to tip the valet right but like one time i didn't have money to tip him i only had quarters (laughs) so that i kept it for the meters and so i gave him five dollars and quarters that's not bad but i wasn't i was so embarrassed we were at like a fancy like we were like somewhere like like i want to say i was like at soho house or something and i like was like here's a bunch of quarters i felt so i told you about my tour i don't know if this is really bad i get mixed reactions every time i say this okay but when i get really stressed out it's a symptom of ADHD that I shove things like things I don't want to deal with in like cabinets or bags because uh-huh. I don't have to deal with them. Yeah, the permeability thing. But then 
eventually I have to deal with it. Yes. And so every time I move, I'm faced with all of these random bags with a bunch of like nickels and pennies. And I get extremely stressed out. And Why I, do you have so many nickels and pennies? Because it's like the change I don't use How much as often. do you get? I don't know. I guess like when you would go to bars and like they would be cash only. Because oh. like my aesthetic is like, I love going to dime bars. Man. Miss. I have bad news. What? Oh, you never went. Oh, no. I guess you went there after a wedding. But um, my favorite dive bar closed. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it makes sense. It the makes sense. pandemic was hard. Entire time, I cannot wait forever. for bars to open. That's so sad. Yeah. My parents told me I like wanted to start crying but i knew they'd make fun of me <laughs> i was really upset about the cinerama dome yeah no i was i think i just stood up or not stood but i like was sitting on the couch when i saw it and i was just like if the dresden room closes have we gone there I've together never been, I've never <clears> been. you're gonna the freak same out as the dresden yeah okay i've never been there i am so worried that it's gonna close and i honestly will not know what to do because it's kind of one of the reasons i moved to la was to go to the dresden room so I'm like very like I'm like please hold on please we're close um we're close. anyways I would throw the change away so <laughs> <laughs> wait you just delivered that wait so would you like throw it in a garbage yeah I would just throw, throw it, it in the garbage somebody will find it I don't know is that so bad am I ruining the economy I would just get so stressed out and be like I like do not understand what I'm supposed to do with all this and so just I would, go to like a coin star or something yeah I probably should have done that. I don't have any change, but I do remember that we would, growing up, and I feel like this was really common, we had this, like, giant Coke bottle. Yeah. And then, like, my parents, whenever we had change for stuff, we just, like, put it in the Coke bottle. And then my dad didn't want to use a Coinstar because they take, like, 20% or 15% or whatever. So he bought, like, a little, like... Oh my, that's so um, your dad. I know. He bought, like, a little, like, sorter thing. But it, like, didn't sort it. I want to say that what it did was it, like, packaged it. Yeah, and the little sleeves. Yeah. And so, like, he would pay me and my brother, like, five bucks <laughs> to, like, sort out all of the coins oh into its God. things so that he didn't have to put the 15%, like, give the 15% to Coinstar. I remember one time my dad, we had one of those at my house and I was like really despo for money, probably because I wanted to go to Borders and buy a Chihuahua. <laughs> um, and he was like, you can go, like you can use that change. Like you can go to this store and do it. And I did it and it was like so much money that my dad, he was like, how much was that? And I was like, it was like 50 bucks. And he was like, you have to give that back to me. Because <laughs> he thought it was going to be like $10. My favorite thing was when my parents, my I feel like it happened mostly with my dad, um, where he'd be like, hey, like, I don't want to go do this thing. Like, can you go pick up like milk, especially once you could drive? And yeah. Like, oh, can you go get like the milk or something? Like, okay. Then I'd go and then he'd give me like a 20 and the milk was like five bucks. I'm like, I have 15 left. He's like, you can keep the change. You're like, dad? my guy <laughs> i know that's the best my dad used to my dad still does that to me right it's so cute my dad does that well okay so over the and i'm so sorry if this sounds out of touch i don't think it does so over like the fall you know new well maybe you don't new consoles dropped like the new xbox and the new playstation and they were really hard to get um but i knew i needed to get one for work and so like i like really camped out 
on like the digital queue and just like kept refreshing and I got really lucky and I got more than one. And so I told my dad I would get him one between me and my brother because we knew he'd want one, but he was not gonna, let's be real. You've met my dad. Yeah. He was not gonna sit by his computer and try and get one. Uh, so between me and my brother, we were like, okay, whichever one of us gets an extra one, like we'll get it for dad. And so I got it. And so I told my dad, I was like, oh yeah, like, and the consoles with tax come out to 56. I don't know why I know that so specifically, but that's how much it costs. And so I was like, oh yeah, da, 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 da. like I got this for you. Um, just like you can pay me back. And so. Wait, $5,000? No, for- 500. Oh, I was like, God. And um, so he gives me, well, okay. So he's like, okay, cool. And then he says in the text, he's like, I'll even let you keep the change. Cause he's just going to give me like 600 bucks. Cute. And I was like, oh, yay. But then I also buy my mom's stocking stuffers for him. And then he pays me back for those. And then the stocking stuffers cost like 50 bucks. And you're and like, so no. I was like, oh, here. And he was like, well, now it's exactly 600. So I guess you don't get anything extra. And I remember being like, Ooh, even though i'm like a 20 childhood crush right yeah but it's like i'm like a in my like <laughs> late 20s and i'm like oh my dad won't give me 50 bucks <laughs> i mean it's the little things it is that was um, what i admi- i appreciated that he realized i'd be sad about it <laughs> you're you're my favorite story about your dad that i literally will never forget is when we were in high school do you remember there was like a huge drama around the fact that your dad really wanted to get a cat, but he he was like really upset about having a litter box. Yes. And so he like hired someone to cut a hole in your wall. And then no, he cut the hole. Oh, in the wall. he cut the hole in the wall. And then you're like, it was like this whole thing about like, well, if we have the litter box, like how? And then he just cut a hole in the wall. He did. It's still <laughs> there. It's under the water heater and he cleans it. He put like this plexiglass thing so then the cat can even look out into the garage if he so chooses. <laughs> and um, it the it slides out so he can clean it in the garage. I love that. Garage. It's because really wasn't it over. like they didn't know what to do with the litter box and it was this huge drama. And then you yeah. guys came home and there was a hole in the wall. Yep. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> ingenuity i love that uh well on that note go clean your cat's litter box it's important they have a nice place to shit that's true they might be in a bookstore in a bookstore i wonder okay sorry last thing i'll say (laughs) i wonder if somebody who has that condition if they themed their bathroom as like a library that was the one i I don't think i got into that but like that's was one of the theories is that because like when you someone reads on the toilet that like the smell of books and like the aura of books makes them shit because it reminds them of reading on the toilet interesting older books i feel like with a very specific like paperback like aesthetic they not give me the heebie-jeebies but they all smell the same and they like make me feel a way that isn't don't come to my house then we're obsessed we collect them. Really? Like those like weird novels that they sell at the end of grocery stores? Well, no. So there's this place, I'm going to shout out a local business called A Good Used Book. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used to have a stall. At Wait, the, is that on La Brea? No. Oh. They used to have a stall at the uh, Rose Bowl flea market. And they have, it's basically this um, cutie guy 
who lives in Koreatown, and he is so good at sourcing those cool paperback books of like famous books, like not like mm-hmm. bad books. Like I got an amazing copy of The Shining that's like so cool looking. And so now during the pandemic, since the that isn't happening, he sells them on Instagram and he has like story sales. And Caleb and I are both like obsessed with buying it. And we have way too many now. Hey, that's awesome. But they're really, and they're like all really like good quality but they're all like those paperback books. Well, they all smell funny to me. They do. I know Why exactly do they the smell. smell like that. It's probably the paper. I have a really, I don't know if this is a thing, but I'm obsessed with the smell of like the different smells of paper. It like brings me a lot of joy. I don't know that it brings me a lot of joy, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. There's like one smell that's like a textbook smell. Mm-hmm. There's one that's like a children's book smell. Mm-hmm. There's one that's like a little papery and it smells like the menu at Macaroni Grill. Yes. No, the old spaghetti factory. No, yeah. Macaroni Grill. I don't know. Whichever one has a paper oh, menu. It's Macaroni Grill. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. It's. A- I really, old spaghetti factory gets slept on. I love do you love it? I love it. Should we go? I feel like nobody, I feel like, and I think feel not that my opinion is some like high, like I'm not a food <laughs> critic, but I really am like pretty anti-chains. Like that's not what I gravitate towards, but old spaghetti factory. Fucking rips. <laughs> so fun fact, don't come and try and find me at Comic-Con, but every Comic-Con where IGN's like stages is like within a block of the old spaghetti factory. <laughs> and so I'll sneak away for one lunch. I won't go with anybody and I will eat at the bar just like a giant Mazithra. Dude, that's the thing. Mazithra, it's the Sydney, order. Sydney, we have to go. Can we go soon? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm so down. Let's record a podcast episode there and they have a it's a cool aesthetic in there yeah it's like so it's great <laughs> so on that note that. support your local old spaghetti factory <laughs> um if you don't i don't know that it's out of california is it a national chain it might be i don't know if it's not come to california there's a few there's one in san diego i think there's one in fullerton yeah that's i a- don't know but uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Check out our image guide with every episode. Shut up. Keep going. All one word. New episodes on Fridays. That's it. That's See you it. then. See you then. Ta-ta for now. Bye.